Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim, and this is a X-Men episode. As you just heard, it's episode 294. And depending where your hockey dumb lies, that's either two Ryan Smith or two Yannick Perot. And I'm sure that not many people know what I'm talking about. But we're not here to talk about hockey. Unfortunately, we're here to talk about the X-Men books. And we're going to be talking about Marauders and Wolverine in this episode as we continue on. And it has been a little bit since we had a regular feed x-men show me and ruben ended up having a patreon only x-men show where we talked about sword and also the x-men flagship title a couple weeks ago but here we are talking two books as we get back into things and before we do that though let me tell you where you can find us go over to twitter at ws marvel comics if you follow us we'll follow you back 100 percent that is a vow and a promise. Also, go over to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, for news, previews, and reviews. And then check out our Patreon account. It is Patreon.com slash WeirdScience, where you can get a whole bunch of things, especially Marvel stuff. One of the things last week, we had our spotlight. That was both the nonstop Spider-Man, which I was not so hip with, but we also ended up having Chip Zdarsky's What If, Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow, and I did like that, so you can go and check those things out. Plus, just as an aside, we end up having a Book of the Month podcast. It's not a Marvel thing, but it's something that a lot of people are into right now because the mm, – what is this? Is this April? I think April, yes. April's Book of the Month is Invincible by Robert Kirkman. If everybody's been watching the cartoon as I hear, then you'd be interested in maybe following along with us on our Book of the Month podcast where we go through the first trade of Invincible plus a lot of other things. You'd have to go check that out. And like I say all the time, you go and check it out. You don't get charged right away. You can check it out with no charge, no fuss, no muss, anything. Uh, You only get charged if you decide to go into May And if you don't before that, you just quit. You never be charged, but at least you gave it a shot. But we're going to go into, like I said, Marauders and Wolverine tonight. And away we go. And we're going to start with Marauders number 19, written by Jerry Dugan, art by Stefano Caselli, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters and production by VCs Corey Petit, sewing and reaving. We get both here. The organization known as Hominess Verendi, comprised of anti-mutant children and with the financial backing of billionaire Chen Zhao, has been buying up land in Marjorie Low Town, planning to evict its residents, raise their homes, and build high-rises in their place. Now they've sent a new team of Reavers, mechanically augmented humans with a grudge against mutant kind, to clear the streets of Low Town. The Marauders have been explicitly instructed not to engage and yeah they have been told that if they do end up going into Lowtown or even go on Marjapur itself they are going to be going against sanctions of the UN they're going to end up having a big to do happening and I'm telling you the likes of Kate Pride, Bishop, Iceman, Pyro, I don't know that they want to go back to Krakow and break the news that they ended up messing things up and now the whole deal 
of Xavier, UN, Krakoa, all comes crashing down. I don't think that that would be something that they would want to do. Uh. So what are they going to do? Well, they're going to sneak in and end up stopping it in, in a way that is going to also bring in Callisto, Mask, a bunch of other Morlocks, things like that, in a pretty cool issue that really doesn't do that much overall, big picture-wise. And, and this book is pretty much, you know, going to start setting up for the Hellfire Gala, all that stuff going on. And not saying that this issue is out of nowhere. It's just that this whole Marjaport deal and the Hominus Verendi, it's just kind of been going really slow. It, it is really slow. I was interested in it enough. Uh, but I think I'm ready to set sail off of Marjapur for a bit until, like I said, we get to the Hellfire Gal and see what is going on there. But one of the things that I've noticed about X-Men fans, because I'm kind of at points looking from the outside in, and I'm reading all the books, I'm trying to get into them, and I do see that a lot of people, even big X-Men fans, they, they sectionalize their things into, well, I'm just going to read the books with the characters that I like. And if you end up getting a book that has a ton of characters that you like, all the better. But I also see that they're very lenient with those books and saying, oh, I didn't like that issue. If they get a couple moments with those said characters that they know and love. And I, I think that, you know, maybe this sounds like, well, of course, Jim, people like books with their character, but it, it's a little different. It's almost like they get not territorial about it, but they get like almost like it's a football team. I'm a big Eagles fan, and they stink right now. I mean, they are horrible, but I'm still a fan. And even when you have them not doing well, sometimes you kind of double up on your fandom. Like, okay, this is where I really have to show my fan. And it seems like that with X-Men fans, more so than just regular just comic fans. It's It's weird. And that's the thing. This Marauders book, where I see not many people really talking a ton about it, has some of the characters that I love. So that's why I like Kate Pride being one of them. But also, I've come to love Pyro. I do like Iceman Bishop. These are characters that I really do like in my limited you know, fandom deal. I'm not going to tell you that I'm a lifelong fan. These are just the characters, and this is the book that I kind of jumped onto, and I'm sticking with and enjoying it enough. But even with that, I'm saying this issue doesn't do a ton. It just kind of shows, you know, a little bit of Morlock deal, a little mutant going and taking it back from Hominus Verendi when they end up kind of stepping over their bounds a bit and try to get rid of the people of Lowtown. People who have stuck their neck out for the mutants and things like that. So that that's what I do like about it. And then also you've got these reavers that are just, you know, pretty much affronts to God. I, I, seriously, I understand that they had been done bad by the mutants, but they've become worse, you know, than the mutants. They're just ridiculously offensive to me. But yeah, you end up having the whole setup is that Callisto ends up giving you know, some some things she's going to go back, get her crew to come, including Mask, who has actually been pretty cool in this book as well. In the meantime, though, they need to get a gate to get onto Marjapur. And that's where Kate comes in, where she swims into the sewers of Marjapur. And she is throwing up all over the place. She's getting sick. It's disgusting. Now, in the meantime, it is kind of a funny deal 
that the Morlocks end up in the sewers. Like that's kind of like Kate giving them a diss, throwing shade at a point. And what I'm saying, it's Mask, Marrow, Hump, Brute, and Bliss that Callisto goes to get. And when she does go get them, one of the things is we've seen Mask has been working in the new hospital in Marjapur and actually has come to love it and come to get more of a self-worth of what he's doing through the stuff that he's doing there to help, you know, some of the kids and whatnot. We ended up seeing a kid with like a bad hair lip that was able to change that, change their life. All these things going on as Hominus Verenda is pretty much toasting it up and loving life about how well they've set this up. They think that they have pretty much set up this plan that is not going to be able to be, you know, destroyed or anything. The idea, if the mutants come on Marjapur, they are out of the UN. They're not going to want to do that. So we have free reign. Let's go wipe out Lowtown with all of these Reavers and then start building our giant towers of glass, as they say. But like I said, Callisto Ghost gets the Morlocks. They end up coming onto and into the whole deal of Marjapur. And after they get over the fact that they show up in the sewers, uh, they do go up and start to attack the the Reavers. And again, because of the idea, even the Morlocks say, listen, and Callisto's trying to fire them up about it. Those are people that are like you and like us and like all this because they are mistreated. They're told they're nothing. So let's go defend them. And they do go. And, and it's cool enough. Like I said, you get to look at some of the Morlocks, Mask, Marrow, Hump, Brute, Bliss. You have them doing their attacks, being pretty kick ass, all of that stuff going down as they pretty much clear out. Lowtown Kitty gets the hell out of there. Nothing is ever discovered because in a weird way and i didn't say it in the beginning you end up having you know these ships these military ships the un has these ships there all this going on not allowing the marauders to get on the island and you end up having pyro and iceman cause a fire and ice diversion they like to call themselves the two because they say if we call each other if we say fire and ice nobody's going to take us seriously so we're the two and we're going to cause a distraction which reminds the guy, pretty much a high-ranking military official who is on the line with another seemingly high-ranking military official, and they're like, I don't know, this kind of looks like that inflatable cock that the Beastie Boys used to have on stage, and that is the thing. It's a cringy thing here. I love the Beastie Boys, huge fan, but I don't need a military guy referencing a stage act during the license to ill, you know, 1987 Beastie Boys, even if they read this, they'd be upset because they don't like the blank in the box that ended up opening after every, you know, deal. That is what they want to get away from. So it's just like, okay, Jerry Dugan, you're you're Beastie Boys fan. We get it. But it, it was cringy a bit. But, yeah, they're able to do that. And then Bishop ends up going and puts an end to this whole Reavers experimental deal by blowing up the building. Thus seemingly becoming full on terrorist You see this building I don't know how many people would have died here Even the people in the lower levels of this building But you also get a deal where The the father and daughter Who ended up being the savior of Lockheed After Kate ended up dying uh, The dad ends up seemingly dead And you have the girl then Going to work at the mutant bar In a low town Because mutants are not good at running bars You, you can't have 
mutants running bars, she's going to help out. All these things. Then you have the Morlocks staying there. And you have Mass saying, hey, I'm going to stay here. It's like a hotel. I'll be like Keanu Reeves and, and live there. So you, you end up having a decent enough issue. It's very quick. It, it just ends up, okay, there's still low town. Oh, my God, we got it over Ominous Verendi. They weren't able to do it. Oh, they're going to be pissed. We're going to stop these Reavers. The Reavers were something like we hardly knew ye. I like the concept, but they were atrocities. I, I just, when I looked at them, I'm like, ugh. But I, I don't mind the idea, okay, well, the mutants, when they go around, they hurt people. They're not allowed to kill people, but they hurt them. And those hurt people are then gathered up, given the abilities themselves to go take it back to the mutants. But I don't know. It seems like they might be done after Bishop blew up the lab. But overall, I'm at a 7 out of 10. I like the art enough. Uh, and like I said, it, it's one of those non-offensive issues that kind of takes care of some of these margin core problems. We kind of wipe this up, and then maybe we can go off and get ready for the Hellfire Gal and all of that. But 7 out of 10 and a quick deal. And now we're going to go off to talk a little vampires. The maybe, Wolfman. Not the Wolfman. I didn't say the Wolfman. I said vampires. The Wolfman. Right, we'll see. Maybe we'll talk about the Wolfman. I don't know. But we're going to go off and talk about Wolverine. All right. And this is Wolverine number 11. And it is written by Benjamin Percy. Pencils by Scott Eaton. Inks by J.P. Mayer. Colors by Matthew Wilson. Letters by V.C.'s Corey Petit. And design by T- Tom Muller came in and grabbed that design bit. From Corey Petit. How dare you? That's Corey Petit answering back. He says, what are you doing, Tom Muller? I don't understand you. you. But this is the Wolverine elixir. In the dark corners of the world, the vampire nation has been amassing power and resources under the leadership of Dracula. I've heard of that guy, Dracula. I think I know. The Wolfman. He's not the Wolfman. I mean, if anybody would be maybe Sabretooth in the X-Men deal would be the Wolfman. The maybe. Wolfman. Uh, after securing samples of Wolverine's blood aided by their own mutant sleeper agent Omega Red, Dracula and his blood-sucking followers are closer than ever to rising up and stepping out of the shadows. And Brandon, if you're listening, uh, no, Blade is not the king of the vampires and never will be, so stop your nonsense. Well, you begin with a bit of... The vampire nonsense where you do end up having Wolverine with some of the biggest claws I've ever seen there going after the vampires. Also has a sickle, it is, but he's going to clean house. And you have this little deal that is kind of a cool one where there are some vampires that aren't really down with killing humans and feeding off them. Those are the ones that like Angel back in the day in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer verse, uh, you know, eating blood packs and maybe some rats and things like that and they end up saying that those are the ones that beg to die but then there's the ones that full out look like man bat that do end up attacking those are the ones that wolverine could go ham on and have a good old time ends up fighting all these vampires in this barn that's setting the barn on fire he's killed them all Uh, off we go no fuss no muss there and we do end up going off to krakoa where you do end up seeing good old omega red setting up his own krakoan gate that is going to connect in a cool way with a airplane for him to get the hell out of there and get off to russia slash chernobyl slash russia slash dracula and the vampire nation now one of the things that kind of got me a bit here was that I don't know. You end up having Omega Red set up this crack Cohen gate. He's already set up a 
other gate on, like I said, it's being transported in the air on a plane that he's tying this out. And this is where you get, this is from Beast and, and some, you know, exposition about what he's doing when we do get there. But I, I would think that Krakoa has a little more to say than just this. It did seem weird. It's a cool concept. It's a really neat concept and gets you to a pretty cool action sequence set piece. But still, it was odd. But while he's doing that, some of the kids there, I think there's Beak comes in. Hey, what's going on? Oh, no, it's Omega Red. Let's run. Ah, They go running. It's such an odd little scene where you do have, you know, Omega Red shush them off with his cabling and then goes through this gate. And then you do go to Sage, Wolverine and Beast where they're tracking them. If you remember, and they do say this as well. That they ended up resurrecting Omega Red and has this bit where he doesn't remember where they ended up bugging him and changing things and doing stuff. And even before he died, because when he was resurrected, he doesn't remember that he is a sleeper, ultra sleeper agent. He has no idea that he is there to kind of lead them to Dracula, find out about all these things going on. Like I said, though, it's a pretty cool idea where he sets up this gate, ends up in the middle of a big giant cargo airplane in the hold there, breaks out of a box that had the other part of the gate there. He had planted a seed that had grown. Then he jumps out of the plane, lands in some water, goes up and, you know, starts looking for Dracula's and Rush's and Chernobyl, you end up having a bunch of these, I don't know, they're like young vampire toughs. They think that they're big to-dos here, but they're really not. They're not even in the, the vampire nation per se. They're kind of on the outskirts there. They're not allowed in, but they think they're tough because they're the vampires and they're kind of near there. So they're talking a big game, but you see they're even eating animals and picking them clean, things like that, where Omega Red comes and they what up? Where's the Dracula? And they're like, we're not telling you. He's the king and you're nothing. You're not worthy. And then he kind of beheads half of them, kills the rest, and then Dracula shows up. Maybe Dracula could have showed up two minutes earlier. And these guys, maybe they needed to be taught a lesson, but still. I mean, really, Dracula's, Dracula's probably just hiding in the trees watching, getting his jollies. But he ends up coming down like, hey, what's up there? And uh, you have Dracula. To the to the point with all of this, remember that they're trying to get Wolverine's blood. And why are they trying to do that? It, besides the idea that that's pretty cool, it's that Dracula wants to form the Vampire Nation. You're getting more and more of a, you know, a bigger outlook on what he wants to do. This isn't the idea of Dracula saying, hey, let's get a nation, you know, one nation under me. And then we could kill everybody. It's more than that. He actually seems that he is very inspired by Charles Xavier making Krakoa being recognized as its own nation. So he's like, why, why can't we do it? We're, you know, mutants, vampires, what, you know, what gives? And so he thinks that if they can increase their numbers, they can then be recognized as a nation. Now, one of the things that I think Dracula's got to realize at one point is they, they kind of are right in the middle of Russia. Like, they're not on an island somewhere where they could kind of say, hey, this is our island. I mean, they're in Russia, so he's going to have to work the semantics out there. But with all that, and I'm not a political guy, so what do I know? But he wants to expand the nation. But if you expand the nation, you don't want to do it with a bunch of idiots. You don't want to do it with a bunch of weaklings. And a lot of the times, unfortunately, in my mind, if you are going out and hunting 
you are going to get the weak first, but also you have problems with the idea. What happens if the UN ends up having a picnic and it's in the middle of the afternoon? I mean, you're going to look real bad. You can't go. You're a vampire. You can't walk in the day. You're going to mess it all up. This isn't good. That's not good protocol, right? So you end up needing Wolverine's blood so that then you could be the day walkers. The problem is it's not just one dose and you're good. You know, this is kind of like the vaccine here. You got to keep going back. And so, and Wolverine realizes this. This isn't just, okay, one dose does you good. No, you have to keep getting it. So they need to capture Wolverine. And like we saw, we saw it in, you know, Dead Man Logan. We see it a lot of times where people are either going to eat Logan and you, you slice him and he regenerates. But he is this one man fountain of blood because you can draw more blood than you would of normal person because of his regeneration and all that. So you'd probably just hook him up to the vet. Maybe the keg, have a kegger. You have them all over. Everybody's playing the, the blood pong is what you'd play, right? <laughs> you know, you do the blood keg stands, all that stuff that the vampires do. Uh, and the thing is, though, is that Wolverine wants no parts of it. He wants to kill and kill again. Beast has the idea of, well, maybe since this has worked so good with Omega Red, because, you know, and the funny thing is they're tracking Omega Red, but I think they already know that they're in Chernobyl, but still. Uh, they're tracking him and being able to see things through his eyes, things like that. With all that going on, a Beast is starting to like, I like the spy stuff. I mean, it's pretty cool. Like maybe we can offer them you, Wolverine, and then we'll do some other little roundabout games and schemes. And Wolverine says, no, I think I'm just going to slice them. I, I'm going to kill them. This is my plan. It's, it's like a five-step plan. Kill them, kill them more, kill them again, kill them a little bit more, repeat. That's his plan, and he wants to do it. And he does go off to talk to his gal, Louise, who is in, I believe, Paris, part of the Night Guard, where she goes, and the Night Guard are this vampire hunting deal. The problem is they have pretty much been taken down recently, and a lot of the Night Guard are now vampires, including Louise. And you find that out because Wolverine's hanging with her, and this old lady comes up and falls and ends up, like, cutting her hand, and like a shark in water, Louise, I'll help you. (laughs) Oh, my God, she's going to eat her hand off. And that's where Wolverine sees, oh, my God, you ended up turning. She says, no, no, no. I'm not fully turned. I'm trying to fight it off. I, I can't. And eventually I will end up a vampire. There's no stopping this. It's almost like even when you see a lot of zombie stuff, you know, some people may last a little longer, but you will become a zombie. She will become a vampire. But Wolverine realizes, again, it's kind of that deal. He loves Louise. He has, a, you know, an affection for her here and from his past and all that, that he doesn't want her to turn. So he just is going to let her feed on him which does fix her for a bit and will give her a little more abilities they'll be able to go about because it is kind of a funny thing where you get her teamed up with wolverine and they're going to go off to hopefully try to take down the vampire nation and dracula but you don't want a book where you're like oh well they got to stay in because it's daytime so she'll be able to and also you'll get an idea of what you know this whole big to do would be for the vampires to get Wolverine's blood but we do go off to Oxford University where a professor is working on this whole deal 
with Wolverine's blood and the vampires. And Dracula comes in pretty much like, I'd say, the Emperor at the beginning of Return of the Jedi when they're making that second Death Star because, you know, the first one was such a great idea that he ends up coming to check in on the progress. You don't want Dracula coming to check in on the progress. The big thing, though, is is the doctor's like, yeah, we're, we're checking things, we're doing it. Uh, it's working, I need more Wolverine blood, all this stuff going on. But Dracula's upset because, like I said earlier, if you're going to test this out or you're going to make this grand vampire nation, you don't want to do it with homeless people, addicts, you know, nursing home rejects. This not my words, Dracula isn't Dracula. He's not a nice guy. Uh, but that's not what Dracula wants. He wants to not only just test, but if it works, he wants to have the best of the best right away. Let's get this all going on. And the doctor's like, I don't know. We'll have to find people. We'll get. Well, what happens is, unfortunately, the doctor's assistant comes in. And Dracula says, I want to have smart people. I want to have strong people. And this guy looks like he goes to the gym and stuff. He's got a crazy little, you know, chin beard goatee thing that really doesn't go well for me at oxford i mean i thought oxford was a little more proper than that but uh but he comes in and this is i like oh my god well an oxford you know student oxford guy here that's a little better than a homeless drug addict so how about dracula goes and turns him and i would be pretty impressed with myself if i'm like yeah you know I, and i would think that you'd be upper you know on the hierarchy if dracula actually was the one who ended up sinking his teeth in you, right? That'd be pretty cool. Uh, But with all of that, you just end up knowing that Omega Red is going to be there to, you know, see what's going down. You end up having Wolverine feeding Louise from his arm, and you have Dracula on the move. All these things going on in an issue that is decent enough. I've been waiting for this, you know, whole Dracula Vampire Nation and this sets up A little it doesn't really get everything Moving you know at a Breakneck speed but it does Set up the little pieces You end up having Louise from the Night Guard Join in but she's a vampire That's pretty cool to add in with the Wolverine Where they're going to go and try To take down all of this The art is pretty good At points near the end it looked A little rushed one of the Other parts that I didn't uh Mention that I did like is to show That Wolverine what he said was They have to keep feeding it's not a one and Done deal in a weird way you have a mosquito Bite Wolverine Wolverine Smacks it it ends up getting crushed But then it comes back to life flies away And then you have Louisa the night guard that's Her entrance where she ends up Swatting and, and smashing it In between her two hands And that's where they even say oh just Like that they have to keep feeding It's not a one and done deal like I said So We'll have to see what that's going on. And I like the idea that you have that because that sets up the whole idea and the whole rule type deal of we can't just grab a little Wolverine's blood because they have that already. They need a continuous supply to have this work. So they need Wolverine. That sets up the stakes, at least for the vampire nation. But overall, I'd give this an 8 out of 10. I'm going to be a little positive. I, I almost want to say 7, 5, somewhere between that and an 8. But I'm going to go with an 8 because I do like the vampires. I also like the wolf, the wolf man, man. But I, I like the vampires. I like Wolverine going out and about with the night guard, Louise, all that. We get to see Dracula. There's a lot of big things here if you're reading this book. And I like it, too, because this is actually a book that I can tell Brandon 
you know, me and him could read this. He doesn't read any of the other X-Men books. And it's few and far between where you can say that a book is like, really, you don't have to read any of the others to read this. And you could do that. And I think that that's well served with such a popular character as Wolverine. So we'll uh, leave and end with that. I hope that everybody enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed talking about all these things right which i guess that wouldn't be hard to do but i am trying to you know get more involved with the x-men books at points they end up you know veering away from me a little uh some of the books are way too wordy in points i think that people will know what i'm talking about x-force what what uh and you know some of the others as well but i will eventually get caught up with all of them we'll get all of them back on even if it is just to bitch and moan about them but that's the other thing this podcast i like to talk about all the books and i like to talk honestly about them but sometimes if you're not enjoying a bunch of them it, it tends to feel negative and i, I don't want to just you know be negative for negative sake or whatnot, and I don't want people to call me out. Really, what I'm saying is I don't like to be yelled at. I really don't, and I get yelled at enough in my own personal life in my house here, and then I start talking about comics. I want to have fun, and I get yelled at. This week, I was told by a certain person that they hope that – this is legit. They hope that I rot in hell for how bad I talk about comics. Now, this was because I gave a comic they liked an 8 out of 10 wasn't good enough, was not good enough. And is it ever good enough? But yeah, hey, you can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics, and then you could tell me to rot in hell too. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you can do what you want. Also go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you get a bunch of things. I believe that this week, for the Patreon spotlight, as I try to delay what I'm saying so I could get to it, but it looks like the Patreon spotlight might end up being the champions number six, the first issue fully of Danny Lore's run, uh, and also Black Knight Curse of the Ebony Blade number two seems to be a popular pick right now for the Patreon only spotlight, and I really like that first issue. I was shocked. Shocked that I liked it I'm not such a huge Cy Spurrier fan Which in the other deal We're going to end up having Way of X By him as well this week Next Monday but yeah uh, That first issue of Curse of the Ebony Blade I loved I thought it was Fantastic so I think That that might win right now but still A couple days before the Poll ends just some early Returns those are some exit Poll results but with That Thanks, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed this little bit of a nonchalant, uh, you know, cruising through these two books. Uh, again, listen to our regular podcast on Wednesday. Then we have our Star Wars podcast on Saturday and then the X-Men podcast on Monday. Also, if you didn't know, we have a DC Comics podcast. Just look up DC Com- Weird Science DC Comics would probably be the best way. And then also our new two-month-old, just a little baby, this one is, is our anime and manga podcast I do with my man Luke Hollywood that we have a lot of fun talking about things in there. We have like four episodes a week as well. We like to just load it up there. Load it up. All right. So that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you in a couple days.
of my skin It's sinking in Doesn't seem real But I always heal I lose my mind Can be unkind What I do best Isn't very nice Everything's going blank I remember it all I'm pretty hairy Not very tall I didn't want this Not by my hand Future is dark, just a wasteland. I really like.